everybody. Get ready for Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. A foodie born and bred, my wife Nikki loves chatting up chefs, dining out, and insider industry buzz. And my husband David thinks a great meal is nothing but a good burger, a frosty brew, and a check for under $20. Because he is cheap. Well, maybe so, but foodie married beast anyway. And together we've got the food and wine variety show that has everyone talking. It's Foodie and the Beast, and we are on now. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis on what I can only describe as a stunning pool day. It is a total pool day. I'll be in that water so fast. (laughs) Get the show over with. Let's get moving. (laughs) Right. All right, so... I can start this by saying last night we had an unbelievable meal at Amy Brandwine's Centralina. I mean, it was perfect from start to finish. It and was. we were talking about how that is emblematic of what a food town Washington's become. Um, I mean, I grew up here. There were like five restaurants you could go to, you know, that you could name. Now there, I mean, now we have Michelin starred restaurants. We have all-star chefs and restaurateurs. Two of the people responsible for that in many ways, are here with us today. Kathy Hollinger, she's president and CEO of RAMW, the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington, and one of my favorite dudes of all time, Ashok <laughs> Bajaj. He's the CEO of Knightsbridge Group, and that's Rasika and Oval Room and Sababa and a billion Olivia, other restaurants, so Bombay many. Club. Bombay we'll Club. talk about that, mm-hmm. and, and one coming, Annabelle. But uh, we're going to be talking to them about... about really Annabelle not, or Annabelle? Annabelle. 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 Yeah, don't correct me. I'm just, I didn't oh, correct you. Oh, she was you. looking for a score and I won. Thank you, okay. everybody. I hope this is recorded. Uh, so we'll be talking to them. And then we've got an, another old friend of ours. John Chocolate is in. John is the marketing director at the Ritz-Carlton Tyson's Corner. Um, they've got a oh, director of sales and marketing. You got kicked upstairs since the last time I introduced you. Um, and he's in with Justin Burgo, who's the executive sous chef. They have a a new program called the Sleep Sanctuary Program. We're going to hear all about that. Because oh. sleep is really important. Well, it's kind of weird. John was telling me about it, and I nodded out. <laughs> yeah. So it must work. God. And also, Chantal Sang is in. Chantal is Ms. Sherry, the Sherry maestro of Washington. Um, she's a, a, a storied mixologist, and she's in. She's going to be uh, pouring all kinds of drinks, not just Sherry. And uh, we'll find out more what's going on with well, you. she's with Petworth Citizen. She's with Pepper Citizen. She's also Rammy nominated. So I, th- I feel like there's a couple things that you missed in that introduction. I feel like you always feel like you have to correct me. I'm not correcting you. I'm just Is anyone adding... else out there married? Oh, my God. I'm standing up for my rights. All right, but first, let's go to this Mitch Berliner. Out. Mitch is with Central Farm Markets. He's mm-hmm. the impresario, impresario behind Central Farm Markets. Are you there? Hello, Mitch. I am indeed. Good morning. Good morning. Hi. Hi. How are you? So it's... I'm wonderful. I'm slammed. It... It's a stu- well, that's what we want to hear. It's a stunning which, day. Which market are you at this morning, Mitch? I am here in Bethesda downtown, and Debbie, my wife and immediate supervisor, mm-hmm. is over at Nova <laughs> on the parking lot of the George C. Marshall High School. So how and, many, now that uh, summer, have, summer is in full swing, how many vendors are at each market? Okay, we have 65 here in Bethesda, 45 in uh, Nova wow. on the George Marshall parking lot. We mm-hmm. have That's a lot of shopping. It is. 35 at both the Pike and uh, Pike Central Farm Market at the mm-hmm. Pike and Rose Center on Saturday. And we have about 35 over at the Montgomery, Westfield Montgomery Mall. And what's the so, ratio um, of uh, prepared foods to uh like vegetables and and fruits 
and like you know meats? Say, like, what, uh, how do you how do you divvy that up? Well, we have about 10%. We're about doing your shopping here instead of going to the grocery store. Mm -hmm. But we also do provide prepared foods you can eat here or take them home, either way or both. Mm -hmm. And we provide seating for our patrons. So um, at all markets, covered seating with tablecloths. I mean, it's it's like I went back to my first job. you You also have beer and spirits there too, right? Yes, we actually pioneers changing the laws in the state of Maryland. You are a pioneer. And so we have, and uh, thank you, and we have beer. Today we have uh, Blackwater Distillery. Last week we had 10th Ward. We've had Wardaka was here three weeks ago. Uh, they make wonderful beer. Mm-hmm. Um, we had Milk House Brewery at Pike and Rose. But I got some big news for you. Let's hear it. Um, Northern Virginia Magazine. Mm-hmm. Just voted uh, Central Farm Markets the number one farmers market in the entire region wow. out of nearly two hundred farmers markets. Congratulations! So we are Congratulations! Super proud of that. I, I, Thank I, you. It probably Thank has you. nothing to do with the fact that you're featured on Foodie and the Beast all the time every week. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> oh, it has everything to it do. It probably with that. does. It's everything. probably us. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know who's been giving you the line. <laughs> right. But anyway. So, Mitch, tell but us, I, like, what's, what's at going market? On at the market? Yes, please. Okay, well, this is it. We are right at the hype. We just started peaches, nectarines, and apricots. Apricots haven't been around for a while That's because uh, they've been frosted out. Mm-hmm. So um, the apricots came through this season. Uh, so we've got plenty of nectarines, peaches, apricots. We still have cherries blueberries, blackberries, black raspberries, red raspberries, and next week we're going to have the first corn of the season. Okay. The corn season starts next week with... Uh, so where so is the, the corn from? For the fourth. Where's the corn from? It's from the Northern Neck, Westmoreland okay. Produce, who does all four of our markets. will have corn at every single, uh, all four markets. Cool. So that's Westmoreland Produce. Um, they are in the northern neck, like I said, and it's warmer down there. So it's, they usually can be between two and four weeks earlier than the farms that are, let's say, here and uh, three, four weeks earlier uh-huh. than the farms that are up in Pennsylvania. Excellent. And that was done by design that uh-huh. we have our farmers spread out geographically. So all right. uh, we've got live music at all markets. So come on down and visit us. This is the perfect perfect storm well congratulations on uh on winning that uh, that award that's really something uh tell everybody where the yeah, markets are again mitch friendly. to make sure okay so very quickly we have four markets you can also if you don't remember look up centralfarmmarkets.com we have two year-round sunday markets at the george c marshall high school in northern virginia downtown bethesda on the parking lot of the bethesda elementary school saturday at pike and rose on the rei parking lot and Saturdays on the parking lot at Westfield Montgomery Mall. All right, so well, come and, and visit us. Props to you because all kidding aside, you you and Debbie have pulled this stuff up and created these farmers markets by dint of hard work and sweat and all that. And, and it's amazing. a well deserved award. Yep, congratulations. So way to go. Well, and you thank you. And you really, are a pioneer. Really appreciate it. You look just like Davy Crockett as thank far as you. I'm concerned. All right, man. Well, see ya. So Okay, you must be talking to my first wife. I am. All right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> all right bye-bye. <laughs>
Bye-bye, right. kids. Take care. Chantal. Chantal, come on up to Step the up mic. Step up to that mic. Yes, hi. How are so you? So let's, let's start from the start with you. Can you give us a fast 411 on you, on your storied life? Because you've been around the D.C. Uh, drinking scene for Drink. quite some time. That's a terrible way to pull it. Let's no, say it's mixology. not. It's pretty accurate. Mixology accurate. sounds more scientific, <laughs> okay, I Okay, but no, but you have. You've been a part of the scene for, I mean, what, 15 years? Um, I'd say so. I have been bartending in D.C. for 20 years. Okay. But I would say it was like five years. We don't need to remember that first five years. <laughs> no, we drink so much you remember. <laughs> yeah, but when you say you're part of the drinking scene, I sort of have this image of you lying, you know, in a doorway with a bottle. That's no, no, not no, it. No, 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 no. You're was, making. She was putting people in the you doorway are making with a bottle. Art forms you misunderstand in a glass. how it went down. I do so, prefer the latter, yeah. But um, but where did your like? Let's talk about how you got into the industry and how your passion grew from just like pouring people drinks to making drinks. Sure. Um, I guess, I mean, books are at the seat of everything. I kind of got into the industry like one falls into the industry after you graduate with an art degree. <laughs> <laughs> and But the art degree was also the part of me that was like, I want to do something unique, but it was kind of building and budding, I suppose. The first time getting into making drinks was all about, I don't know what I'm doing. Let me just grab a bunch of books. Mm-hmm. And the books that existed at the time were, you know, like Mr. Boston's Guide type stuff. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really, really not drinking today's type of drinks in there. But there was a lot of fun stuff, too, and a lot of just history. Right. And then building from there. And then I kind of just kind of kept accumulating books. And then somewhere in the mid-2000s, I started accumulating vintage cocktail books. Mm-hmm. Well, you're known around town as the, the seriously, the you know, the mistress of sherry. I yes. mean, that is your thing. So why sherry and how did that happen? Yeah, that's another thing I kind of fell into. Um, I started bartending at the Tavern Inn, and I was there for about nine years. I mean, that's really where your sort of lore began, right? I would say so. Mm -hmm. That's where. I mean, I had a lot of fun adventures at a really great little wine bar before then, um, and and a couple other places. But the Tavern Inn is where I started doing the craft cocktails. Mm -hmm. I took over the program there. And that's also where I started drinking sherry, because they had it behind the bar. And it was at a time when not a lot of people knew much about sherry. And I was like, okay, what's this? Mm-hmm. And um, experimenting with a lot of vintage recipes that had sherry in them. So mm-hmm. you're holding in your glasses today a manzanilla, the Lagitana manzanilla from Bodegas Hidalgo Lagitana. And it's actually the first time I tried a manzanilla was the sherry. I tried it, I switched it around, and I spit it out. And I hated it so much, but now I love it. So it's just one of those stories where you go... I bet you wish you had that back, that <laughs> spit <laughs> like, out part. So why did you hate it? What didn't you like about it? At the time, I was studying wine to be a psalm. Mm-hmm. And I had like gone through my intro psalm, and I was just tasting a lot of table wines. And sherry and dry sherry is just so uniquely different. It kind of cha- takes your palate if you're not used to it, if you've never had it before. And you go, wait, that's not what wine's supposed to taste like. Sure. It just, you do a flip. But once your palate gets accustomed to it, then there's a part of you that's going, oh, wait a minute, now I'm craving it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's delicious. It All right, is. we're going to come cool. back to you. We'll talk great. more about sherry. We'll talk about what you're doing at Pet Wet Citizen because you're really doing some great programs there. Thank you. Um, and yes. Yeah, no, I was. I'm with interrupting. You. I wasn't interrupting. Wow. I made a noise. Mm-hmm. When you're old, like like air seeps out of your body. You know how that is. Oh, God. You know. Yes, I do. I All sleep right. with it. Every but as night. long as I'm talking, I think what I'd lo- what, if we're gonna start talking to Kathy and Ashok. Why don't we start with RAMW and what kind of your mission in this world is? Because I'm not sure a lot of people. The Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington. So my mission in this world, do you want to know about my mission? Just spend time with me, I'm sure. <laughs> so RAMW. So we are the Regional Food Service Trade Association. So we are a trade association that 
represents restaurants, um, restaurant owners and operators, as well as food service professionals. So all those that support the Ashooks of the world, the owners, mm-hmm. the operators. Um, and we are How here. How old is the organization? We are about to turn 100. Oh my wow. God. Like me. <laughs> We're about to turn 100 years old this year. 2020 mm-hmm. will will mark 100 years. And I think, grown. I mean, we've grown so, so much. much. So yeah. what was the initial point of the organization 100 years ago? I mean, in, in a lot of ways, it's similar to today. It's just okay. that the factors are so different. But mm-hmm. the idea is to preserve the interests of the small business community as they are entering a market, mm-hmm. um, not only to open, but to be able to be a pillar in the community, to employ people, to train people, mm-hmm. um, and to be able to offer an amenity that was very new at that time in terms of food and hospitality. So mm-hmm. that is truly still our mission. A lot has changed. I mean, there were maybe 50 members Right. Where now there are um, 1,200 members. Mm-hmm. And we are across the region where we are not necessarily in southern Virginia. We are representing the Washington metropolitan region. So sure. Suburban Maryland, suburban um, northern Virginia. It would be silly not to because, yeah. I mean. It's, it's just it's, one fluid. It's one fluid area. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, okay, yes. Well, why don't we take a break and then we come back and talk to Ashok, Ashok. and everybody else. Okay, this is David and Nikki Nellis. We are on Foodie and the Beast, and we are talking about the Rammy Awards. We're going to learn all about them. We'll be back in just a sec. We are back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to Kathy Hollinger of the Restaurant Association of Metropolitan Washington and to one of the great people of all time, Ashok Bajaj, <laughs> who is the CEO of the Knightsbridge Group. And I just learned an honorary Milestone Rammy Award winner. A Milestone Award is when you've been in business at least 20 years. He's been in business 30 years. 20 years. 25 years. 25 years. 25 years. The Bombay, you love correcting me. The, the, it has nothing to do the with The Bombay Club you. was your first. I mean, I had dinner there with my parents, I think, the first month you opened. I That's, remember you owning your knickers. Yeah, I was, I, right. And my pull-ups, right? Yeah, I remember that. And thanks for changing me. Okay, so you've been, I mean, you have really seen this. It's not even a renaissance of 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 great dining and diverse dining in Washington. It was the birth of it because it was so limited uh, before the power restaurants in the 80, and that was really mostly steak and potatoes. So talk about it, man. You're like living history. Well, it's been fun, 30 years. You know, my makeup was a fine dining Indian restaurant. You know, the whole goal was to introduce sophisticated uh, fine dining Indian cuisine to not only to Indian Americans, but generally Americans. And um, and it's 30 years later. looks like yesterday. A lot's changed well, in the D.C. But you also it. got, I mean, prime real estate. You're, you know, blocks away from the White House. I mean, everything about that restaurant, where it is, how you executed it, and the concept. It said um, power. You know, was really powerful dining, you know, at a time when people maybe weren't as knowledgeable about Indian cuisine. Correct. And that was the hardest part. Getting the real estate was the hardest part because um, people did not want ethnic restaurants in A-class a buildings. Sure. And that was the hardest part, finding the building. Were people, because they were ill-informed? They, yes. There was a misconception about um, Indian food will 
smell the smell lobby. Smell the right, right. Yeah. That's what I was and, thinking. You know, I'll say aroma of the food. We go into the lobby, and people will not be there. But now the perception of change. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I have other Indian restaurants, and I used to go to and make presentations to different landlords, telling them. And then this particular landlord, I sent him to London, and I said, "Go to London and look at this restaurant. This is what I opened." Mm-hmm. And see, when he came back, I said, "Okay, we have a deal." Where, the, so, because in London, the Indian cuisine is crazy. Like, there's so it's for years has been known as like a place to get incredible. Right, but you, but food. we introduced the same caliber. We, we had right. a, we had a you know food uh, writer in Washington. I happened to sit next to him at uh, um, at Rasika, and mm-hmm. then he and he said to me, "These restaurants can compete in London. Of course, I know that they can compete in London. They go right. Okay, uh, this is not." Too far away. It's about two months ago. Mm-hmm. But, but food scene in D.C. have changed. And I think Bombay Club was one of the fine dining Indian restaurants in the city um, and who introduced regional Indian cuisine. There was only northern Indian cuisine. Mm-hmm. And so now, you know, city have changed. Well, but you have changed also with the city. So, you know, when you first opened up Bombay Club, you know, you did a fine dining white tablecloth restaurant. And now as your empire has grown... You've done everything from street food to, uh, you know, high-end Italian to Mediterranean to Israeli. So you've changed with the landscape as well. Why is that? Well, city has grown. So, you know, people were not used to ethnic food. I mean, when I came here, sure, only ethnic restaurant you will see was Italian. Mm -hmm. So there were... And it's so funny because, like, when you say... Italian is ethnic. I think most people are like, they, it is? Yeah, exactly, <laughs> right? So the only other restaurants were French restaurants. So when I visited um, Washington and I was I came here from London and I was thinking, i got to do restaurants, whether I do it in Washington, San Francisco, mm-hmm. or New York. And, and Washington felt right for me because there were not many fine dining Indian restaurants. And I wanted the location to be close to the White House and old executive building, IMF, and World Bank. And um, took some preservation, but we succeeded in there. Well, mm-hmm. I think the, the the sense was that I mean, if you look at what's happened with Indian dining, say in London, yes, it's 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 what's the word I want? Pan ethnic. I mean, everybody eats it. It's so good. I think there was a feeling probably initially, and I think even some of the Indian restaurateurs who open now think that their their you know their main stock and trade is going to be the big Indian and Middle Eastern community. That's used to spicier foods here, but it's become. But that's not true, though. No, that's uh, not true. You proved it wasn't true. Yeah, so. but that's not true. I mean, look, over a period of time, it has changed. You know, mm-hmm. when we opened, people were not used to eating highly spiced food, and Indian food is not highly spiced food. It's not. It's flavorful. It's food. flavorful. It's flavorful. Right, food. but it's it's um, spice is that the American palate was not. Not used to it, right. yeah, but not, not now. Spicy, not yeah, like not, hot. Yeah, right? not now. I mean, you know, not now. I mean, right. I mean, even in my American restaurants now, we use the uh, similar spices. Mm-hmm. Okay, and it's American cuisine. What is American cuisine? Is you know, cuisine of immigrants. So we use all those spices in American cuisine. It's so global well, now. Well, turmeric and cumin have gone mainstream. Yeah, I mean, exactly. So but I mean, you also have a more educated consumer. That's like correct. If you were to look at the, uh, look, your internet change, years travel, years ago, right. Internet, have, people are traveling more. And the Access. knowledge is available on your fingertips. You, you want any recipe, you get it. Mm-hmm. You know, So the whole dining scene has changed. And I think it's for the better. For, for consumer, it's great. Well, and but, for us restaurateurs, and I think... Educating people and doing something fun constantly mm-hmm. is 
great as well. Well, that brings me back to Kathy. So, Kathy, as the landscape of D.C. has changed dramatically, especially in the last 15 to 20 years, um, you know, 25 years ago, 30 years ago, like Ashok said, like you wanted to be by the White House. You know, there were you ate in DuPont Circle, Georgetown, Cap Hill, like there were four neighborhoods that people would mention. And that was it. Yeah. Now there are neighborhoods that didn't even exist Existing. before. You have the wharf, you have Navy Yards, you have Bloomingdale, you have but Detroit, you, you have you gotta Shaw. You got to give props to Abe Poland because when he built the Verizon Center, that yeah. started it. I remember I had 701 restaurant there right. back right. then. I remember that too. Yeah. I mean, like nobody wanted to come there until the stadium opened. You know, so I just, the, the night I opened, I had 600 guests in the dining room. Mm -hmm. And the following day, I had six. And I said, what happened? <laughs> Place was dead. I could park car on Pennsylvania Avenue in those days, okay, and not get a ticket because <laughs> oh. they weren't coming either. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's it's the whole city have changed. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so well, Kathy, that, how does that? Yeah, it takes how it back do to you, you as the restaurant association? How do you handle the growth and help help your members sort of navigate everything that's happening? Well, I think I think that there's look, we have Ashok who is an established, you know, owned and operated award-winning restaurants in London and here, mm -hmm. right? And has really, truly um, been an anchor in a community that has grown so much and he's found his way to reintroduce concepts or to be in the marketplace or to kind of tap into what the more sophisticated palette is now in terms of a regional diner. I think that new restaurateurs... Uh, the challenges that they have today are very different mm -hmm. in that they don't necessarily have the institutional knowledge of what the city once was. So we try to give them those tools around mm -hmm. you are in this neighborhood. What does it mean to be a good neighbor, to make sure that you're pulling your restaurateur neighbors in, in a community? Because a lot of people work in very isolated fashion now mm -hmm. where I think we as a community pride ourselves as a food community that we're very Everybody close. plays in the sandbox. Everybody yes. does. Um, and even though nobody has time, they are constantly gleaning best practices, insights, which does somewhat speak to this milestone award, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. They, Ashok, Iriki, these restaurants that are celebrating milestone years, mm -hmm. they were pioneers, I mean, I remember when, and it speaks a little bit to how challenging our city is, when the city council didn't want to vote for the Verizon Center in that neighborhood. Yeah, I remember They were like, yeah. this will be awful. Oh, my God. Can you I imagine? Mean, right. right. Yeah, I remember on. that. Can you and imagine? Where are they and they now? And where are they now? <laughs> Not far different from those kind of yeah, votes. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's changed. The city have changed. Yeah. I think Verizon Center changed the city. For I mean, Shakespeare Theater, Woolly Mammoth, all those things. But have even Nat Stadium. I mean, I remember when Nat Stadium opened up and um, actually another restaurateur was getting an opportunity to to own a restaurant down there. And I was like, I mean, You sure dude. you want to go there? Well, I, listen, like, I remember we're hearing about you, you and sure? your market going, good luck. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You know. That's but right. that just shows what we don't know. Right. Because, That's right. But there are people with bigger visions mm -hmm. um, and they're real estate people, really. I mean, there or, you know, people in the community who want to bring money to certain areas. What? I want to. I'm going to take us in somewhat of another direction okay. because all, the Rammies celebrate not just what is, but what it's become. Uh -huh. And we should. The Rammies are on June 30th at the convention center, and I want people to understand 
it is while it's the Oscars for the the hospitality slash restaurant community, consumers can come. They're welcome, and you can rub shoulders with all your favorite chefs. And it's an unbelievable party. Why don't you talk a little well, bit about it? Well, you know, before we get into that, why don't we just take a quick break now? And then when we come back, let's talk about the Rammies and what the party is like and what right. people can expect. And how much has changed. Yeah. Right, exactly. I, I, I witnessed those days. I, <laughs> you know, you're getting old. Uh, let's take a break. All right, this is David and Nikki Nellis, Foodie and the Beast. We are going to the Rammies. All right, we're back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis talking about our new dog, Gooby. That's the name. Uh, Chantal, step up to the plate here. This drink. Yes. Is killer. Well, so here's so what's interesting. I don't think people, uh, when I think of sherry, mm-hmm. my head goes to my mom sipping like Harvey's Bristol cream, whatever right. that was, like <laughs> back in like the 70s. So I, I think people have a misconception on what sherry is. Yeah, most most do. Uh, each time someone comes in and has a misconception or just, I mean, that was Harvey's Bristol cream is sherry, but there's that's just a tiny portion of sherry. And most sherry production is actually drier and there's a huge range of styles mm-hmm. so the one that i'm pouring for you I mean, today, don't judge my mom for drinking that stuff but you know I mean, what I'm just your saying. mom is listening she's gonna get you for that <laughs> your mom was cool for drinking that at, in her time okay <laughs> that also doesn't sound good but that's good <laughs> um yeah so this is just a drier style and drier mm-hmm. meaning like less than a gram of sugar per liter whereas like the bristles cream that you're talking about you're looking at more like 150 200 grams of sugar per liter mm-hmm. so just kind of of the different styles this is a drier one this is one you drink to get your palate fresh to start your meal. It's like aperitif style and great in cocktails. So, but it is a fortified wine, right? So what does that mean? It means that it gets fortified with alcohol. So they'll add alcohol in part of the process to, um, it's an, as an enological tool. Like cognac? Like what do they add to it? Um, It's not a, it's not going to be an oak aged spirit. It's going to be usually a grape, um, grape spirit just to bring the alcohol level up, which then controls either the growth of or killing off natural flora, which is a yeast that kind of adds character. Mm-hmm. So when they add, it's very minuscule and it's very, very well controlled. So you're not just like dumping in vats of alcohol. Sure. It's more of tempering it to a certain degree where at 15% alcohol, the growth of flora, which is this really wonderful yeast that grows on the, the wine, will be happy and be surviving and other things won't be there. Right? I always say happy yeast happy is yeast. productive yeah. yeast. <laughs> right. I, I've said that many times. <laughs> He really hasn't. I never. I don't even know what we're talking about. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, but so you do literary cocktails. Yes, I what do. What does that mean? Um, it's, it's such a subjective term for me, but it's something that I've like hoping a lot of people just kind of catch on and hashtag whatever. It's being inspired by books and making them into drinks, mm-hmm. which if you've probably obviously seen because you all have had a good cocktail around the city and elsewhere – People get inspired by all kinds of things to create their cocktail menus. And sometimes you get really clever, snarky names. And sometimes you get very simple, stated, or you have just, you know, back to the classics. The the literary cocktails program that I run in the back of Petware Citizen in the reading room is based on my little book club of one, where I pick a book a week, (laughs) I read it, and then I pick passages. And those passages become the cocktail names, and those passages are what inspires the ingredients and the formation of the cocktail. And it's purely subjective. Have you ever picked anything <laughs> by my favorite author, Cliff Notes? Bam, bam. No? All right. Hmm. Tell us what you made here, please, and we can let that joke die. <laughs> That's a pretty very good joke. Death. John? <laughs> okay. The, the drink you have um, is something that was inspired from Roald Dahl's The Witches. Mm-hmm. So it's actually a drink with a base of Lina Akovit, the Norwegian Akovit, and then it's cut with that Montagnier Sherry that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. And then also with a little bit of green chartreuse and then tempered with some lemongrass tea. 
and stirred around with a little bit of lemon oil and some dill for aromatics. It's really refreshing. Oh, it's beautiful. beautiful. <laughs> You're getting wows from everybody. Ashoka's like, I don't drink, but I will drink that. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody wake Ashoka up. Uh, all right, Kathy. All right, so Kathy, let's talk. Um, so Rammy specific. you and I actually met for the very first time at a Rammy's yes. um, probably like 10 years ago. I mean, maybe even 12. Perhaps. I know what dress I was wearing. Um, but we, um, really we present sad. together. We presented together and you were with Comcast, Comcast right? right? So right. how did you go from Comcast to being the executive director of the Restaurant Association? And wait, I just have to preface this even more. So that was at the Omni Shoreham. And at that time, the Rammies was a seated dinner mm -hmm. yes. for hours. And um, you sat at a table and you drank <laughs> and whatever I, was brought whatever to you. was brought to you and you ate whatever food was brought to you and then that was that was it yeah. that now was it's what it rock was rock and roll right so let's talk about a how you became yeah. who you are today and then how you changed this event because it's totally spectacular yes so i was with comcast for seven years mm -hmm. and we worked with ramw with mm -hmm. my predecessor lynn bro mm -hmm. um, because we were a company that wanted to have the kind of presence both in homes, but in the business community and mm -hmm. restaurants and um, as they were growing. But I left Comcast. I went to go work for Mayor Adrian Fenty, mm -hmm. where I got to meet a shook because mm -hmm. um, we ate in his restaurants all the time. And really, it was years after that. I was his film commissioner. Years after that, that um, REMW approached me. And quite candidly, it was more about knowing the market. Mm -hmm. and working for different companies and industries in this market mm -hmm. where they needed a similar expertise and someone to come in and represent food service. So I've been there almost seven years, REMW, which is crazy. I know. But, yes, the Rammies have changed so You're much. only 19 as far as I know. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean she's done a great when job. I started, when she I started. When I started all job. of it. She no, is, you have. She's a prodigy. Yeah, she, yeah she's you. done a great, great right. job. That's right. I mean, to drop out of the sixth grade to do this. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but so now it is at the convention center. Yes. <laughs> it is no longer some seated dinner no. where you're stuck. It's a hoot. Yeah. It's what it is. a party. Yeah. It's a party. And how were you able to change that? How did you yeah. how did you come up with that? I think that, you know, candidly, we outgrew Wardman Park. They were fantastic partners at the time. Omni, I think before that for maybe mm -hmm. one year or two years. But the big reason was Events DC is doing some great work in this city, bringing people into the city. Mm -hmm. And it only made sense that we were partnering with that organization. And step one was, give me your building. We right. needed that building. And yes, it's 2,600 plus people mm -hmm. that come together. It's the 37th year, mm -hmm. which is remarkable. And yes, we can speak to what that event sure. was like before. I yeah. remember that year we presented. Right. But you know what? That was... That was a sign of the times without a doubt, then. right? And we needed that sit-down, attention to detail, have that moment for our community. Where today, as we're so fluid and things are changing, small plates, little bites, small people plate are looking egg. for different things. That's right. They mm -hmm. want a taste of what's happening in the region, mm -hmm. um, and it's a celebration. It is not an easy industry to work in, or work for, or own in. <laughs> And that is a night to celebrate not only the winners and finalists, but truly a year of what is put in to being a successful establishment in this region. To be able to say, we made it another year. Right. We don't know what's happening in the future, but we made it another year. I think for, I mean, 
for the you know for folks out there who dine in all these restaurants, along with it being a great party, the chance that you can walk up and and, and really actually buttonhole a shuk bajaj and talk to him about your you know your favorite part of of Rasika or Sababa or talk to Scott Duno or talk to Vic Albiza or talk to you know anybody. Talk to Kathy Hollinger. Talk to Kathy Hollinger. <laughs> Oh, you like that? No, you need <laughs> tickets for that. You would like that <laughs> if her husband will she's allow. She's in the VIP like section. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she'll Senior, be over there. Don't talk year. to me. You're yeah. the great unwashed. Yeah, exactly. Oh, no, not. no. But I mean, that's a, 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 along with it being an it's an unbelievable party. Yes, it's a lot. Um, of yeah, and I'm a, not a big party guy. I let you know. Nikki goes to a lot of stuff that I pass on, but I would never pass on the Rammies. And that's really something for consumers. You know, just people out there who want to meet their well and idols. celebrate the industry. Yes, right. it deserves celebration, and this is a night. That's right. That it really happens. Yep. So we want to thank you both for Wait, coming in today. How do we right. get tickets to the Rammies? I just was plugging so that. So I will say that I am scripted to say we are four seconds away from being sold out. Oh, my God. Let's but, fill those um, four seconds you. up. But, you know, when I'm on the air, they all get nervous because I'll say, just call and let us know that you want to come. But it's uh, ramw.org. You mm-hmm. can visit our website and you can buy tickets online. Excellent. Thank you, guys. Well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for thank having thank us. Thank you so much. We can't wait to yeah. be with you I'm next so week. excited for the third. I'm actually going to shower. It's going to be great. <laughs> I have to figure fun. out what I'm wearing. It's very important to know what you're wearing. All right. <laughs> All right. John, let's bring you up. John here. Chocolate. Let's bring you in. Director of Sales and Marketing at the recently renovated, any microphone will do, he recently renovated Rich Carlton Tyson's Corner, which is an unbelievable place now. It really is. And Justin Burgo is the executive sous chef. Did I get that right? Yes. Belly up to the, to the mic here, Justin. So let's talk about... Just generally, in general, the property. Because if you if you've been around the marketplace, the property the property is so vastly different from what it was before the renovation. Let's get a little four one one on that. Yeah, absolutely, David. And as you know, I've done my luxury rounds in the DC uh, DC hotel market and Ritz Carlton Tyson's Corner is just absolutely fabulous. As you mentioned, you know, we went through a renovation about two years ago. Rooms are you know fresh, new, have a little bit more of a contemporary feel, but still have some of that traditional. Ritz-Carlton touches. The restaurant is doing extremely well. And, of course, the spa has just been really in- yeah, reinvigorated. I mean, we came out and spent the night and did the whole spa thing and everything. It was a – I mean, it was fun. Good, good, good. Anytime. Oh, yes. That night that we the, went there, that was I mean, the beds were all – the beds were – it was just – it was it was such a change, oh, too, yeah. from from what was. So, talk about, Justin, let's talk a little bit about you and your, your mission for not sleeping ever. Right. Sure. So, uh, well, everybody wants to sleep better, right? Mm -hmm. Especially when you want to come to the Ritz-Carlton, you want Mm -hmm. to get a good night's sleep, right? So we came up with a sleep sanctuary package. So my part in it is uh, obviously the food with my white jacket on, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I thought you were a surgeon. (laughs) Well, uh, I wish I made money like a surgeon, but but, uh, not today, maybe in the future. Uh Um, So uh, today we've we've brought four items. one of them is bone broth, so the bone broth is perfect. Well, before we get into those specifics, let's okay. talk about the, the sleep sanctuary sure. concept and all of that. Tell you know what's what's the whole well, this one, raison this, d'etre of that? Yeah, this was born uh, really kind of last summer. You know, probably more out of personal need and, and interest as as much as it was. You know, our guests are looking for a little bit something more wellness focused. You know, and a lot of people have tapped into the the food and beverage side of this thing. We were looking to bring, you know, we've already got the best mattresses that there are. We wanted to go beyond the mattresses to really bring a, a sleep uh, program together that touched on the rooms, the spa, as well as food and beverage. Well, let me ask you a question about the mattresses because yeah. that's that's sort of become a focal point for certain 
hotel brands. Sure. What was it about the mattresses that you went with um, and bedding and all that? Because some hotels don't really care and some hotels really do, but you guys have really made that commitment at the Ritz-Carlton. Yeah, I think when you're working in ultra luxury, you have to make sure that every component of the service and the product you have mm-hmm. is, is, is top quality. So Ritz-Carlton is certainly, uh, you know, taking it to, upon themselves to, to make sure that, the, you know, experiences throughout the hotel the the i just we actually just stayed there with my family the other night at the hotel on vacation surprisingly mm-hmm. um and just from the the pillows the you you just you sink right into the bed right. and the pillows it's it's amazing so then when you're you you do have a spa at yes. tyson's yes. um which is beautiful beautiful spa. um how do you incorporate wellness is a super mm-hmm. buzz term sure. but when i i think when people probably think of the ritz carlton at tyson's they don't, probably don't think about it in a vacation capacity because you're, of its location. You're absolutely right. And what we've tried to tap into, Nikki, is really bringing more of a destination feel because, you know, we're, we're out there in what is considered a corporate park. Exactly. You know, I sold against the hotel for years, so mm-hmm. I know what some of the perceptions are. But there's so many great things to do right there in, in the Tyson's area. Um, and we wanted to do some inventive things like this sleep sanctuary experience where you're going to be able to come in and not only participate and enjoy a, a great mattress, but now we've got this channel called Channel Z mm-hmm. where you can uh, you know, click right on and enjoy this 60-minute um, clinically studied uh, sleep-inducing video that you can either listen to the music or take you kind of through the northern Virginia countryside um, as Justin was alluding to, we've created a sleep menu. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I brought for both you and David a dream kit, which is right. part of the, the spa concept. David said he'll be lucky to get his gift, but uh, Nikki, you might want to uh, I'll be share. lucky I mean, to touch that box. But <laughs> I just have to say for the record that my husband is mean to me, in case you people haven't heard <laughs> it on mean. the air. I'm just you, like, fighting for my rights. Nikki, I'll, I'll every, talk to him after the show. Yes, he cuts me down every chance he gets. I'm not cutting you down. I'm he just, does. Yeah. I, you know, he says I've got a, I've got gifts for you and Nikki, and I was like, yeah, let's see what's in there. Okay, so what is the dream the kit? Down. So the dream kit is it's a component of this sleep wellness thing that we're doing. You know, sleep readiness is is something that we all need to take a little bit more seriously. Mm-hmm. I was one of those for the longest time. You know, I get my son ready for bed, take a shower, brush your teeth, go lay down, check through my Instagram, and then I just lay there for an hour, and your mind is still you can't shut it down, wandering absolutely. And and that's what this dream kit and the you know, the uh, the components of it with the creams and the serums that are all vegan, botanically researched. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to help you quiet your nervous system, get ready for sleep. And then within the kit, there's download- the downloadable music mm-hmm. uh, as well as uh, uh, some exercises and things like that. So you can really customize it to your... That's smart. Yeah, to, to how you want to do it. But it's about creating a little bit of a ritual for yourself to get ready for sleep. Right, like shut everything else down, yeah. put down your phone. Yeah turn off the TV, you really have to, I think with all the commotion out there these days, you know, especially with our phones, because between Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, your email, excuse me, it's so easy to look at that screen (laughs) before you go to bed and think, oh, I just want to read one more thing or check one more thing. And then your mind is still going afterwards. Um, Well, why don't we do this? Why don't we take a quick break? And then we come back. We'll get into the food because you brought in all this beautiful uh, items. And I want to hear more about them. This is David and Nikki Nellis. We're getting ready for bedtime. We'll be back in just a sec. Back on Foodie and the Beast with David and Nikki Nellis. We're talking to John Chocolate and Justin Burgo from the Ritz-Carlton Tyson's Corner. They've got a whole new... Sleep concept. Okay, let's call Justin, it that way. Let's talk about the bone broth because this is delicious. Well, let's talk about how okay. this is applied. Like, if we've got the sleep, this sleep package, how do we get mm. this food? And does it come to the room? I mean, 
Yeah, so what we created, David, was so every guest that checks into the hotel, you'll be able to access Channel Z, and you'll also get uh, this menu next to your bed at night with your turn down. So all guests will be able to enjoy that. Now, we do have a sleep sanctuary package that you can go to our website, um, and you can there's some other elements that are included into it, including enhancing your stay with the sleep ritual massage, which is a whole different, whole different feel. Oh, this, right, you just so, spoke David's language. She's like, wait, a wait, massage? Wait, wait, let me yeah. just stop. Yeah. My, my, okay. my drool cup just filled Absolutely. up. So, so Justin, let's, start let's with talk the... about the different food that you created. Okay, I think an important uh, aspect to touch on when we were kind of creating this menu was, first of all, the vitamins and minerals that are in food that promote good sleep, magnesium, mm-hmm. and and things like that. Yeah, I don't um, see any turkey here. Doesn't everybody talk about no, turkey? The, the, the turkey, 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 turkey. That's, that's why we have the banana, the the almond butter and banana toast, or as David likes to call it, the, the dead Elvis, Elvis sandwich. sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going over to get one. Go so, ahead. So, yeah, so, so the psychological uh, and kind of emotional aspect of it is you don't see anything here that's really crunchy, cold, Anything like that. Everything it's all here soothing. is yeah, nothing yeah. heavy. Yeah, yeah, nothing heavy. Everything's kind of warm and soft and, so and just very tasty. You've got bone broth, and that's full of magnesium, yeah, correct? So, so yeah, it's made with veal bones and beef bones. We have star anise in it. So all of these items are just very high in magnesium, perfect to drink before you go to sleep, promotes rest. Well, not only that, it's great for collagen building. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, you know, all of that. And then, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to go a step further, you know, the keto diet, everybody's very into the keto diet. It's a very keto keto-friendly thing. You can drink it all day and things mm. like that. So, And a mm. lot of these things are very healthy in, you know, in those ways. Between the sherry and this broth, I might not make it through the rest of the I show. Know. I agree. The, sh- the sherries are fantastic, by the way. So, Okay. And let's talk about the tuna. So the tuna. Um, the, brown, the brown rice. Mm-hmm. So the brown rice is kind of the, the star in this one. It has uh, magnesium in it and it has uh, uh, natural melatonin. trip. Yeah, melatonin. Mm-hmm. So natural melatonin, which is a natural uh, sleep inducer. Right. Melatonin right. has become famous, hasn't it? Oh, the last yeah. two years, all of a sudden, people never heard of it. Yeah, on the way out of Whole Foods, you see the little melatonin chocolate. Yeah. Everybody takes that. Like yeah, yeah the melatonin Well, Justin, you better pass that around. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mr. David wants it. Yeah, taste. please, everybody come get one. Okay. Right. And then you got the almond butter, banana, dark chocolate toast, mm-hmm. and the coconut chai, uh, chai seed pudding. I picked the wrong time to stop eating desserts and sweets. Right. But that's – so now how does chai pudding fit into this? Yeah. The chai pudding, it's it's kind of uh, the emotional aspect. So you get you get a sweets also. Mm-hmm. And why we picked uh, chai and coconut pudding, it's it has a very low glycemic index, mm-hmm. right? So it just it promotes rest and good sleep, and it relaxes the muscles yeah, naturally. Kind of light and refreshing. What we're talking about, you right? Know, we, you know, we're looking, you know, within the industry as well, the, the, the amenities that we're giving to our guests sometimes at night. They're coming off of planes and things like that, and we're putting cheese and crackers and all this kind of heavy, crunchy kind of things. That oftentimes our food and beverage teams end up just taking out and throwing away. Right, like away. the hospitality intent is there. Like, yeah, exactly. you know, you're trying to do something nice. Mm-hmm. I totally hear where you're going. Yeah. Um, and as a recipient of that, yeah. you know, I, I always appreciate an amenity in the room, mm-hmm. but sometimes there's no thought about it. Do you As, know what I mean? Like yeah. if there's chocolate covered strawberries in my room, like that's really nice, but I'm not eating it. I don't them. want yeah. it, right. So do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So between the sleep sanctuary menu, the F&B items, as well as the uh, – the new night spa kit that we're mm-hmm. looking to replace some of those turned down food and beverage types of amenities. Mm-hmm. We're looking to engage with you know with people right before they're ready to go to sleep to, to get that get ready. How'd you guys come up with this whole concept? Like I said, it was really kind of a, a 
more personal experience. And of a friend of a friend in the industry said, I have somebody in town who's in the wellness arena. She works for Longiva. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I thought, okay, well, this dream kit thing might be kind of a cute thing to do within the spa. But then my mouth just dropped when she started talking about all the programming components with, you know, what the, the serums and the creams and the mists and all those things do. And then what we could do to create a sleep sanctuary within our rooms and suites. I was like, wow, this thing is really multifaceted. It's smart. It's really smart. It really is. And then when you go, let's just talk about the um, hotel and sort of the other amenities that people can have there. Because you said you really want it to be more destination yeah, well, and for lot- people to know that they can come. So what kind of extracurriculars can people do around the hotel and how do you sure. sort of engage further yeah, with people I, staying there? Absolutely. Well, there was, there's the traditional, of course, the bad habit of having the Galleria attached to Mm-hmm. <laughs> the hotel itself, that incredible mall. But we've also engaged in some other uh, partnerships, kind of going off the sleep sanctuary thing. We're um, partnering with RDV Vineyard out in Delaplane. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've created an RDV experience because, as you know, you know, it's not like some of the other wineries in town where you just roll up. They only take by appointment. They only do so many mm-hmm. per day. So our guests are enjoying those types of things. As I was sharing earlier, our spa has really kind of reinvigorated itself um, within the last year or so. We're offering now the uh, the Mary's um, CBD kind of creams and, and lotions and, and uh, treatments and things like that as well. Mm-hmm. So we're just trying to do things to to make it clear that, uh, you know, Tyson's Corners can be a, a weekend destination. Well, I think that makes sense, especially this time of year mm-hmm. where people um, maybe can't get away for their summer vacation. You know, because summer used to be a time, especially June and July, yeah. where things really started to slow down. The city was shut down. Yeah. I mean, After July 4th, everything went dead. Yeah. But now that's just not the case anymore. 100%. I mean, July is packed and it's really it's really till the end of August. Yeah, Everybody's yeah. really busy. So I think having the option of a weekend getaway somewhere where you can just totally well, the, well, and what and we share out. is, you know, from capital to countryside, based on where we're positioned, you can get to D.C. if you want to get to D.C. or you can go out into the vineyards of Virginia mm-hmm. very easily. Well, I think, the you know, the whole the word staycation sort of died out and they call it weekend getaway. But the the truth is be able to go somewhere and be totally, you know, without responsibility yeah. in that respect. You don't have to let the dog out. You don't have to worry if the lawn's getting mowed or any of that stuff. Um, and just chill out. There it is. Yeah, man. All this food is really delicious, by the way. I mean, All right. I'm not ready right. to go to sleep Save just yet. But. So, <laughs> over there. so we're, the show's almost over. I Unbelievable. Know, let's get so back up. if we want to get a reservation, contact the Ritz-Carlton Tyson's Corner. Yes, sir. And right. how do we find out about the sleep program there? Is it through it's, the concierge? Or? It's right there on our special offers page. Okay. Yeah, there's, a, there's a package for that. There's a package for the RDV experience. A lot of great fun things to do all summer. Really I love the, the RDV experience. Yeah. Yeah. We love it out there. Smart. That was actually the most, it was more popular in the winter than anything else, which was which was interesting enough. But it's such a beautiful campus with the fireplaces and things like that. It was really, sure. really neat. No, they Very haven't cool. spared the expense out there. All right, Chantal, we're going to wrap it up with you. Stop eating. We're going <laughs> to. It was, it was a delicious bite. It's all good. It is all good. <laughs> so, uh, some pudding. What do you have coming up um, uh, that we want to know about in terms of any kind of special classes or events or anything? Classes and events, yeah. Actually, that's what's great about the reading room is um, we have classes and tastings, and I kind of switch up things. We do absinthe nights. I have natural wine nights um, on like twice a month on Thursdays. Mm-hmm. And then every weekend, the the menu changes because it's based on a different book. So well, can we talk a little about absinthe? Because you talk yes. about a, a magical, <laughs> mystical potion. 
Mm-hmm. If you drink a lot of absinthe, do you hallucinate? Do you? I mean, is it really what what you know the the absinthe of legend? Did or you just is roll that... your no. eyes? I think you rolled our eyes. Well, no, but that's what the. <laughs> am I right? In, in literature and in you know, similar to sherry, there's preconceptions and like notions out there about what we're drinking and when what we're actually putting in our bodies and what products are. And I think that's part of the fun for me, which is probably why I keep finding myself attracted to things like sherries and absinthe and aquafit in my in my cocktails because mm-hmm. a lot of them are these ingredients that are kind of misunderstood or there's a, a certain part of them that people latch onto, but they don't see the whole picture. I mean, is absinthe a, absinthe a spirit or a wine? Spirit, yeah, very high-proof spirit that to be enjoyed needs to be actually watered down. And that's what releases the aromas, the, the funnels and everything. You need it to cloud cloud up. Can you see God if you drink enough of it? <laughs> Depends on your spirituality, I suppose. <laughs> so what is inspiring Body you answer. these days? What books are you reading? What are you looking, mm-hmm. what's inspiring you? More and more women authors, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. It's amazing how much I'm starting to just love. I, there was a time when I'm like, I want to read the classics. I want to get well read. And it just was a lot of male authors. But more and more, I, I have a book club that I'm part of where they read a woman of color every month. And mm-hmm. then they have a book discussion. They're at um, they're called Lit on H Street. And so the next book I'm reading is Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. Mm-hmm. But I just finished reading the trilogy of N.K. Jemison's, uh The Fifth is what's called The Broken Earth Trilogy. The last book was called The Stone Sky. Okay. So that was my last book. Right. <laughs> and did that inspire, what, our last drink, was that inspired by something? Actually, the last drink you I poured for you is um is the cocktail I'm making at the Rammies. Oh, okay. They're putting you to work at the Rammies. <laughs> All right, I'm going to interrupt because do. the show's over, okay. almost. <laughs> Will you tell everybody how to find you, please? Yes, over at the reading room of Petworth Citizen, which is at mm-hmm. 829 Upshur in Petworth. Right. And um, right across the street from Himitsu. Himitsu and next Down door street. to the new Dos Mami. Yes. Opening yes. up this week. Very exciting. And near, what is it, Timber Pizza? Oh, Timberland Pizza. And Timber, Timber Pizza down yep. the block. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cool, man. All right. Show's over. Everything you heard about on the show today, you can find more out about more out about it or more about it on mm-hmm. Nikki's website, thelistareyouonit.com. Listen to Nikki weekly on WTOP. Follow her on Instagram and Twitter. Mm-hmm. And that's all I got. And we want to thank all of our guests for joining us in studio today. Tomorrow on Industry Night, Kathy is actually coming in with Christiane Ricci and Grace Shea of Lebanese Taverna. We're going to be talking about women in the restaurant industry. We want to thank everybody for all the deliciousness in studio. We'll be back next week. Everybody have a delicious one.